Welcome to Soberly Ever After, the podcast that inspires you to live your own happy ever after by embracing sobriety. I'm Jenna and my co-host is Leslie and each week we'll be sharing our journeys, interviewing others and exploring the reasons why a sober life is a better life. Welcome back to Soberly Ever After. Our guest today is Amanda, also known as the Sober Illustrator on Instagram at OKYaDesign. She creates custom digital illustrations for the sober community, and she has expanded her work to become a brand designer for sobriety-adjacent businesses. Based in the San Francisco Bay Area, Amanda is a wife, mother of two, and a talented freelance writer, graphic designer, and illustrator. Just like me, Amanda has a degree in psychology, and she is also a fellow vegan. As she so wonderfully puts it, she is not the kind of vegan who can tell you about the benefits of intermittent fasting. She is just the kind that likes cows. Amanda's greatest passion lies in mental health, as reflected in her mental health guide, If Lost, Start Here, a guide for the anxious, the curious, the lonely, and the lost. Through Amanda's struggles with panic disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, and ADHD, Amanda has spent the last 10 years redesigning her own life, and five of those years have been sober. Join us today as we delve into Amanda's sober journey and her dedication to mental well-being. Welcome, Amanda. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Let's just jump right into it with the first question, which is basically, what was your journey into alcohol or addiction? I'm guessing it was alcohol. I always kind of assume with the sober accounts on Instagram that it's alcohol, but I know that we never really know. So if you want to just jump right into your story with like how it started and, and what led you there, you know, the beginning sort of middle part, that would be great. So yeah, I didn't drink when I was young. I didn't drink through high school. I had kind of like a history of alcoholism in my family and I didn't want to uh, perpetuate any of that. And then, I don't know, college came and um, kind of started and it's pretty like typical to be like binge drinking in college so I don't think I really thought anything of it Um, at some point I did kind of think like mm, maybe this isn't good but I was still young and getting good grades and kind of like performing at a level that I thought made it so that it was fine Um, and then um, shortly after college I was married and decided um, I wanted to have a baby, so I stopped drinking. Um, and a few months later, got pregnant. And then I spent years just having babies and nursing and really being like immersed in that um, world. And it wasn't until my youngest was a few years old and I wasn't nursing anymore that I kind of felt like I was reclaiming my own time and like freedom and um, very much just like got swept up in the like, oh, you're a mom, and it's, like, wine o'clock, and of course, like, we have coffee in the morning, and we have wine at night, and, um, <laughs> moms go hard, man, like, I just remember going out a few times and being, like, oh, my God, like, this is no joke, like, it felt just, like, kind of, like, getting back into, like, those college years, and, um, 
th that period of time didn't last very long for me. I felt myself um, slipping in ways that really didn't feel good for me. Like I was already experiencing anxiety and depression and, um, and while like there were times that I drank what felt like too much for me, it was more like the underlying reason for drinking that felt really bad to me. Like I knew what I was doing. I was like covering the fact that I was really shy and introverted and I was trying to be somebody else and like it just didn't feel good anymore and I knew that there must be some other way like I was definitely every time I drank having the like night just up in the middle of the night like googling whether I had a problem and just feeling super anxious and regretting every word that I'd said and everything I'd done and um yeah wanted to see if there was a different path for me and tried sobriety many times and failed many times because it's very easy when everybody around you is drinking to think that that is um the thing to be doing but at some point I stopped and I started feeling better and better and better and like accepting more of who I was and finding more friends that kind of like aligned with who I actually am which is like a person who wants to be in her pajamas reading books and like drinking coffee all day and um yeah eventually found the sober community on instagram which was lovely and um very helpful and i worked for a band who was sober and um being involved with them and kind of seeing how they move through the world and like making sobriety seem really fun was awesome um and super helpful and they're, they're blue october they're kind of like big in that world um in the sober world and um yeah and now i am here and i am over five years sober and i feel like i don't know maybe you have more questions for me so that that's where the sobriety piece started and then we'll see where your questions go and where i should fill in <laughs> okay great um well congratulations on the five years that's amazing and i actually wanted to um to share what you wrote on your sober post for five years i loved it um you say i am always struck on these anniversaries with the idea that one person can hear i am sober and think this person doesn't drink which duh while those of us who have worked to reach these milestones know what we're really saying is I have dedicated my life to figuring out how to exist in this body with this brain in this wild world and to feel every single thing that comes my way. That is so perfectly written. I love it. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. But, um, but back to your story. So you, did you really, did you ever do the like nightly drinking? Um, I was at a point where probably not like every night, but I wanted to drink before I did literally anything. So anything out of the house, I wanted to drink first. Like I couldn't um wrap my head around how I would go to like the farmer's market without drinking. Um, You know, so just like basic things. I was like, oh, well, like I, I couldn't show up as just like the ver like who I am. I felt like I needed to be like, I don't know. Um. A little less inhibited a little less nervous um i was really masking a lot of symptoms of anxiety that i hadn't worked through yet that um 
I didn't feel like I actually could work through until I was like sober for quite a while. Wow, that's amazing. So you were just really self-aware the whole time. So that really, really helped you. So that's really cool. Yeah, I think it's funny, though, because we could be self-aware, but there's so much like normalizing of these things that it, like until finding like really like the gray area drinking kind of like sober Instagram stuff. I was like, well, I'm not like in a gutter, you know, like I'm not I'm like living this like fine life. You know, it was all like internal torment, but like my external life was fine. My kids were fine. My, like, so it felt like it wasn't like a big enough deal to stop. And that's like kind of the sentiment my friends would echo. So it, it felt kind of difficult to make that change, you know? Yeah. So did your friends, like your closest friends, did, did they think you had a problem at all or were they like just kind of the same as you yeah I don't know I I think I felt like I was convincing everyone that it was a problem but I knew that it was exacerbating my mental health issues so much and I knew like all the things I was trying to escape that I wasn't dealing with it like so it's not like anybody else of course there are cases you know when people um you know people in their lives can tell but I I was very much like punishing myself and like just just in my own little kind of difficult space and making life harder on myself um yeah and mo I, I think my friends started to understand as I opened up more about sort of like my motivations for things and sort of my tendencies that I was getting into and stuff yeah um and how did you end up finding the sober community on Instagram like I think back to it for myself and I I guess when, like, I kind of, I've kind of blocked out a lot of things, but I think for me, I I, I must have gone on and, like, searched hashtags. Yes, I exactly. guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, were there some, were, were there some accounts that you started following that really helped you? Um, let's see, what do I follow first? So that, that band that I worked for, I remember they would use the hashtag sobriety rocks. And I was like, that's cute. And I remember clicking on it and it just, like, with all these people like living these like authentic happy lives and I felt like so much like I wasn't living authentically and I was like oh yeah I want that like how do I get there um gosh who did I follow first uh though it, it took me a couple years still to find like the sober Instagram stuff so I felt like I was sort of white knuckling it and just like in therapy like ah, what am I doing? yeah I was gonna say like how did you like you decided you wanted to stop drinking but how did you transition this is a big question into like the life that you wanted. Like, what did you do? So you did therapy, you said. Yeah, I was in therapy. I was already in therapy. And even in therapy, um, I was like, I feel like I should stop drinking. She was like, oh, yeah, you know, like <laughs> she wasn't like, yeah, that definitely has to happen. But for me, like I realized now had I not stopped drinking, like there was so much stuff that came up in like the first two years after stopping drinking that I was like, slowly suppressing you know like it was like oh they were manageable while I was drinking and it was just no longer manageable once I stopped drinking which meant I had to deal with them like I just like unearthed too many things um so yeah therapy and I have that <laughs> so much therapy I have that um mental health project if lost start here which is like very much on like aligning your life with the things that matter to you and um we look at like 
building community and connection and practicing creativity and getting into nature, like all of these things. And I felt like in sobriety, I was like forced to actually have to find all of the things Like I couldn't just be like, this is now my whole social life. Like I just go out and drink with friends. It's like I had to find friendships that really mattered. I had to spend time outside. I had to move my body. Like I had to do all these things like because I no longer had a crutch. So I felt like then I just built a life that actually felt good for me because I had to out of necessity. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it kind of feels like starting over just a little bit because yeah, you just, you have to fill your time and you have to figure out those things that you love again and, and actually do them. And yeah, yeah I, I totally feel you. It's like you have no choice but to, because like you just, I don't know for me, like I just feel like bad and incomplete if I'm not like actively involved in my well-being every day. Like if I'm just like, eh, like whatever, I'll just go through the motions of the day. It's like very quickly I spiral to feeling very bad. It's like, okay, I have to like have like a list of these are my go-to things that I need to do to make myself feel good. So this guide, it's so cool that you created it. How long has it been in existence? For some reason, do you share it on that? the account that I follow you on because I was not aware of it. So oh, I probably don't share it as often as I should. I They've been kind of separate, but we're really like, it, it's existed for probably five years, six years now. Oh, um, wow. We like have a course now called Find Your Way that's all about like building a well-being practice really based on who you are, not like, oh, this is the Gwyneth Paltrow goop version that cost a billion dollars. It's like, actually who are you what do you have time for what are your interests and like how can you build out from there to just create a life that feels good that's so cool and that's exactly what people need that that do stop drinking so i'm realizing the overlap now is like huge whereas they I, they had been separate like these worlds had been separate for me and i'm like oh my gosh this is like exactly what sober people need it's what i, I needed it <laughs> um yeah yeah i'm excited to bring it to the world a little bit more. Oh, that's so awesome. So Amanda, it sounds so crazy right now is um, I feel like I'm talking or listening to my daughter's future self. Like everything you described with anxiety and like she's actually college studying psychology right now. And oh. um, she's, you know, she struggles with, you know, going out and having a good time. And then the next day waking up full of anxiety and like all these issues come up. And like you said, Googling in the middle of night, these ailments that she has. Right. Um, she literally went to the health center this morning for something that she was convinced is, you know, killing her. And, um, and I'm like, Ella, you know, I'm an, I've been a non-drinker for, you know, the last, I don't know, 10 something years. Um, and I'm like, I taught you all my tricks. Like when yeah. you go to a party, the things you could do, you could still go to all these things. But yeah. I feel like um, this, the program you were just talking about would actually be a really great Christmas present for her. Oh. So like kind of by her own authentic self. You know, we, we talk about that often and I feel like so many people drink to mask where yeah. like, I feel like I want to experience, I want everybody to experience. That's what we came here for. And if you're just numbing yourself, you're missing it all. Yeah. And so I feel like listening to you and the way you were talking, I'm like, 
it was kind of tripping me out a little. Like if my daughter was an adult right now, yeah. I feel like she's going to be like you. It was just, um, I just feel like I can relate in the way through her eyes of listening to what you had just said, because it's everything she's been dealing with recently. Like, this is what I tell myself even now, being like a full adult with children. Like, oh, if I'm not showing up as like who I actually am and doing the things I actually like doing, I'm not going to find the people who are right for me. You know, and it's like, oh, now I've realized I don't even like going out. I actually don't even like going out to dinner. Like, I just want to be like on hikes and like, like, I just like like slower paced activities. And now I have friends that fit those slower paced activities and that feels good to me. <laughs> Oh, like not everybody has to be like the extrovert party girl, you know? Yeah, I think there's a place for everybody. And I think you can still be the extrovert hiking or whatever you want to do. But <laughs> finding the people that like fit that. And I love that you found like your group, whether it's like you, you said an actual band, but like through Instagram and like through your art and through your using your psychology experience to, to you know, follow those dreams of what you're doing right now and helping other people. Um, I just think it's incredible. And I think um, what a great role model you are for your children as well. Um, I was out to dinner with um, some other family friends and the mom gave her son um, a sip of her drink and, you know, her alcohol drink. And I thought, I just was thinking how wrong that was only in the future. Let's just say he becomes an alcoholic. Like, like is she, how is she going to feel knowing that she gave him his first drink? Like, I wouldn't want that on myself ever to know that I was part of that, the start of that. Like these kids in high school, you never know which one of those is going to actually struggle with this the rest of their lives from this moment. And it just makes me really sad for a lot of people when, and when you're drinking, like you said, you've checked out, you're not even experiencing this world. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's such a tricky thing, especially, you know, kids and trying not to make it so taboo but also like <laughs> trying to help them realize the gravity of all of it and does your husband drink not really he it wasn't an issue for him so he pretty much just stopped when i stopped he's maybe drank like five times in the past five years like and like minimally yeah i was like That's oh very easy for you that not easy for me <laughs> you know jenna has her perspective and I have my perspective and they're different. And that's what I love about um, talking to Jenna and talking to different people is getting the perspective because I'm, I'm just trying to understand the daily struggles that my husband has by talking to other people. It may, makes me understand his illness a little bit more. Thinking about how beautiful it is. Every time you say that, I'm like, oh, I love you. It's so sweet that you're that you're you're on a mission you're like on a detective mission to like understand him better and it's it's the sweetest is that understanding or is that enabling like when people say oh you're just an enabler like what does that mean exactly that's a really good question yeah each of you tell me what you think an enabler means Gosh, i don't feel qualified to answer such things <laughs> <laughs> just think immediately i'm like Whoa. So, yeah, I'm not prepared for this. Uh, my immediate reaction is just thinking about, I think maybe it's like when I think of friends or family that saw me and wished that I would stop drinking and I was a an evening drinker, 
Um, and it stemmed from my first relationship. And so people just knew because my good friends and my family that saw me in that relationship, like I would express like, he always wants to drink and I didn't want to. And, um, you know, no, so, okay. So what I kind of think of when you say enabling, my mind just goes to like, denial or lack of awareness so I think that a lot of people around you um are often in denial that you have a problem or they kind of just they don't want to think that you do or or they like kind of like you Leslie like um they've never been in those shoes so they just have no idea how to help you and granted like how how do we help others like that's what we're trying to do on instagram with our pages and with this podcast but like we also know that we had to get out of the hole ourselves so it's really tough and i think that those of us that have struggled might have a better grasp at um at helping others because if you've never been in those shoes where do you even begin to understand the person in front of you? Because you're just like, I don't get it. Like, why Why are you doing that? Like, it makes no sense because you've never experienced it. So I'm not... So I didn't answer the question at all. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's super complicated. I, I'm so much like uh, every person is on their own, like, little individual journey that I even with my project that's like based on mental health, like I would never like tell someone what to do or think I could prescribe anything, you know, like, um, I just try to do what I know is best. I feel like everybody has to come to things on their own, like kind of regardless of what sort of addiction we're talking about. I'm trying to think of like, then what enabling would mean. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even feel qualified to like go down the rabbit hole of saying like what that is I feel like every situation is so nuanced that I don't know it, it's you know I, I I actually feel like you're very qualified though I feel like like you're you're really qualified like there's so many amazing things about you that you probably have a great answer to it um, Amanda, um, Jenna loves everybody and she's so full of light and joy that she finds goodness in everything. So, um, I just had a thought you said, um, like, I feel like I'm like you in the sense where if it, if he doesn't make the change on his own, it's not going to work. And I want him to come to those, those terms on himself, because I feel like with anything, it, not drinking, not like anything in this world. If a person doesn't do it for their own reasons, they don't really want to be doing it. Like they may do it for a little while, but um, it's not, uh, if it wasn't their own choice, Yeah. long-term, it may not last. And so um, like, I always thought like more enabling would be like, I go and buy him this beer or I... Um, drink with him like I feel like that's more enabling um I guess I just didn't I think I think I was making it way more literal maybe uh, looking more into it than just like 
actually just allowing it to happen. But I'm like, is that enabling by just allowing him to do that? But well, I was like, stop him. Like, he knows you know, how I feel about it. Yeah. yeah. But I need him to make that choice, right? Right. You can't control anybody else. That's like the whole thing. <laughs> right. And it won't work otherwise. Like it's for all the wrong reasons. I have grown very passionately about fighting for the people that you love because I feel like, and this is, I'm not placing blame on anyone, but I just wish, even though I was the one that had to quit drinking, I wish that more people around me would have, as hard as it would be, have a kind, like gentle discussion about I'm really worried about you and just to like try your best to at least have that like loving gentle I'm not into like tough love but like a gentle conversation compassionate like with a lot of like just passion for wanting someone to have a better life and like that's the best that you can do that's what I think and I think that staying silent is just not good and i think a lot of people stay silent right yeah it probably does like your relationship with somebody too you know like how close you are to that person and how appropriate that is you know or if they can even hear you or are willing to listen to you yeah i mean it's just hard oh sorry go ahead no you go ahead no i was just gonna ask amanda was your decision just all on your own did you have any outside people saying anything? Like, what did that day look for, like to you? Um, well, there were multiple days and multiple attempts. Um, but yeah, mine was just on my own. I could see a future where I would have been affecting other people. And that like really scared me. But I feel like I got a handle on it before it got there. Um, so yeah, it was just just me to myself but then wanting everybody to like kind of see me and support me and rally around me and like that part was hard because it wasn't like weird to people like what I needed and it wasn't even clear to me what I needed so that was the I don't know I feel like getting sober was like step one and I thought it was like step all of the steps I thought I was like healed because I got sober then it was like oh shit now everything comes up now everything I've ignored comes up and then that was when like a lot of work started and i don't know i guess i have the belief that like some people just like aren't capable of dealing with that stuff or that at that time or you know like that timing is different for everybody and you know they're probably aware like a lot of people are stuffing down a lot of things and if they stop it's going to be really scary and hard so I, I understand why that's a big process and a slow process for some people do you still have some of those old friends Yes, I do. I still have a lot of the same friends, but I just hang out with them in kind of like different settings now. Do you feel like you, uh, if you're around drinkers, you're less tolerant of their behaviors? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's so bad. Like, I just, over the, like, I just have no tolerance, really, when I'm around people that are drinking and most of the time, like, if I go to a party, I'm usually, like, first or second one there. And then as people start on their second drink is kind of when I disappear. Because I just can't handle handle it. And I really 
don't like to have any conversations with drunk people. Yeah, it's funny how at one time it seemed like fun and funny. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, this isn't for me. I mean, people are fine. But I don't, I actually, like, my life has shifted so much that I, like, really, I, I wouldn't say I'm, like, reclusive, but I, like, definitely, I don't do the same things I used to. Like, I'm not, I guess it could be fun at some point to, like, go to a bar. I, like, really don't have the desire to do those things. I go to concerts, so I see, I guess, drunk people, like, at concerts and stuff, but I'm not, like, interacting with them necessarily. Um, they're just on the periphery, but, Yeah. My day-to-day life has just changed and kind of the, the pace of it has changed and I like that. Do you ever wonder what your life would be like if you didn't stop five years ago? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like I, I wouldn't um, know myself. Like I wouldn't... I really had an idea of like who I thought you were supposed to be in the world and like I couldn't be that and I was always trying to be that and... It just felt like sobriety was like so necessary for me to just like get to the root of like kind of deconstructing that and being like, wait, who I am is totally fine. I'm <laughs> like completely fine. And, you know, again, therapy, but like it's just such a process of uncovering all of that and making sense of all of that. I, well, yeah, I can't imagine if I was still drinking. Plus, I have a teenager now. So just like imagining that like it's not what I want to model, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm thankful to have figured it out when I did. Well, I love hearing that. I love that you came out on the other side. It gives me hope for, I mean, because my husband is a drinker, I do worry that my kids would be following in that footsteps. And, um, I just hope that they're, um, aware enough like you to notice when that becomes an issue you're giving me hope you're a lot like my daughter and it um it makes me feel good to know that i think she's smart enough to be able to see it but i feel like there's a lot of people that don't see that when it's too late well she also has you there (laughs) modeling everything and you know obviously so aware of her and what she's going through and you know that that's going to be a hugely protective thing for her I don't know how old you are, but when I was a kid, they had these like vinyl things that would go around your um, like your cans. And back then they would be like a vinyl piece of it would look like a Coke bottle. Oh, you would wrap your beer. So it looked like you were drinking a Coke. Yeah. So I was trying to do the opposite. Get beer ones that were beer yeah right (laughs) she could use it at the party so it looked like she had a drink and i could not find anything like that because i was like she i want her to drink a sprite or whatever right i don't want her to feel out of like out of pocket at the parties right so i was actually looking on amazon and like different things and i'm like i don't even know what to search but i remember as a kid they had these because my sister is seven years older than me and I remember seeing them, but they were like sodas. Yeah. They were hiding their beers. They're like, no, I need the beer one. Yeah, I know they make those because I definitely had like, it was a Monster Energy can and it was filled yeah. with beer. And it was amazing. They sold them at concerts, or they had them for like the staff at concerts. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, it looks like everyone's drinking Monster, but really they're drinking water. <laughs> this is great. 
that's what I need for her. Like something like that where she can still feel. Yeah. Because nobody notices like when they've already had a few drinks, right? Nobody's like paying attention to you. Nobody notices at all, it seems like. Like, I I mean, people are so caught up in their own stuff. I feel like most don't notice. You just might feel like they notice. Right. I, I like I, I remember once I was at my husband's company party and the girl's like, let's go back up to the bar and get another drink. And I'm like, I don't drink. And she's like, we've been drinking all night. I mean, yeah, right. You've been drinking all night. I haven't <laughs> had anything like which I think is really funny because like she's completely unaware that, right. you know, and I've been following her up there. We've been down dancing on the dance floor like yeah. and I tell Jenna, I tell everybody I'm naturally crazy, so I don't need that. But I can let loose without having those things. And then I and I don't have to worry about it because they can laugh about it later. Most of the time they're gonna do something way more stupid than I am. At least I will like I can still wake up in the morning and drive, you know, without a headache. I can like, you know. My thing is just sugar though. But oh. do you have a sugar problem? I mean, I don't even consider it a problem. I just love sugar and I just accept that it is my replacement for things. And I just, especially if I'm going out, I'm just like, I'll drink so many fun, fruity drinks. Like I'll pound them as if I'm getting drunk and it's super fun to me. So I don't even think of it as a problem. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. That would be me too. I love what you just said because I just like, it blows me away because... When you are a drinker, or at least this is this was my mindset and the mindset that I know around me is like, oh, I'm not going to have that like really sugary drink or thing like I'm going to save those calories. But when you drink like there's no question like you don't think about calories, you don't think about sugar, you don't think about anything. So that was really interesting for me because it was kind of like it was this like beautiful thing because when I stopped drinking I was like I am allowed to have this strawberry lemonade like I am not gonna care if there's sugar I'm not gonna care like I'm gonna really enjoy this and it's weird because I hadn't let myself do that since I was little right so yeah I I didn't drink soda like my whole adult life and like there was something around like going sober and just being like oh I'm just gonna let myself have everything else like you're the same being vegan too. It's like, I'm already vegan and sober. I'm just going to like go crazy with everything else. And I think it's fine. <laughs> and I know like ice cream. Oh, but yeah. So good. Um, Vegan ice cream, of course. But we've got some really good vegan ice cream here. Um, at This place called Salt and Straw. It tastes just like real ice cream. But I've had that recently. And yeah, it's like when you're sober, it kind of just feels like. Let's really go hard. <laughs> I totally know Salt and Straw because they have one near Disneyland and it's so good. I've been there. Really? It must be. I don't know how many there are, but there's definitely one there. Wow. Well, it started here, but I knew it had expanded, but that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yep. Fun facts. I didn't know. (laughs) Can you tell me a little bit more about how you got into your art? Um... Yeah, so I started um, doing graphic design stuff when I worked in the music industry, and I just was realizing design was really bad for a lot of the bands, and then I I was working in a different kind of area, 
of music. And then I started just sort of asking the labels to hire me to do um, design work. And then I was getting hired here and there. And then I got a job with a label um, designing merch, like t-shirts and tour posters and graphics and stuff. Um, and then while I was doing that, I was like, oh, I kind of just want to like, I was always having these little like thoughts about sobriety. And I was like, I kind of just want to like make them cute and put them out on the internet and see what happens. And I started doing that. And then I did an illustration of, oh, Renee Kelly. She's another like sober person that I love. Um, I did her illustration just because I don't know. It's like, oh, she's so cute and was like inspirational to me. And so I like did hers and then. After she posted it, a bunch of people asked me if I would do theirs. And then that became like, for like 18 months, like a job. Like I didn't intend that to be my job, but that is what happened. So it was just posting little sober quotes and thoughts and making them cute. And then doing um, illustrations of people. And it's just grown and grown and grown. And now most of the work that I do is like branding. Um, so I do branding for different like sober businesses, podcasts, um, all sorts of things so that world just like because it's i i love the sober community i just find they're like the coolest sweetest people that i just like so naturally connect with it's just been like kind of naturally grown and it's been awesome oh my gosh i'm so glad that leslie asked you about that because i was just enjoying this conversation and almost forgot like who you were in my mind of like how I even know you and so I think that we kind of connected early on and I remember like first connecting and all of a sudden like yes like every single person on there suddenly was popping up with their illustration that was done by you and it was crazy it was like the cool thing that everyone was doing and I killed so you not I like sat with myself and I was like, I really shouldn't spend the money. But like, I totally toyed with the idea of like asking you to do mine because it was so fun. Like it was so crazy. It was everywhere. Like everyone was doing it. It was, it was so exciting. And, and your illustrations are so good. They're amazing. Thank you. I can tell you, you too could learn how because I have no special ability. I just like went online and took a bunch of funny classes and just figured it out because it seemed fun. And then I just kept going. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. I mean, That's I've always like liked art and like kind of drawn, but like, yeah, it, I, and I just kind of lucked into this little niche and it was very weird and funny that a bunch of people were approaching me. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> but it was great. <laughs> and yeah, is exactly what I would want to be doing. I was like, these are people who inspire me and I get to like put their little illustrations out into the world and help them to see themselves in this like kind of bright, fun way. And it's, yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, you were like, you were, became famous <laughs> in my eyes. Me and my <laughs> 5,000 Instagram followers. Just very famous. <laughs> I in my, in my heart, you are. You really are. <laughs> and I don't think anyone can do that. I really don't think they can. It's just, it's too cool. Like, can you draw on a piece of paper? Um, ish. Like, not as well. <laughs> My son is, like, a crazy artist. Like, a, like hyper-realistic artist. So, like, when you see his work, you're like, oh, that looks like a person is sitting in front of me. So, my work is, like, very different than his. So, I'm always like, oh, he's, like, a legit real artist. Um, 
but you know, my art's just different and I'm accepting that and it makes me very happy. Um, yeah. (laughs) So you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. Like everything just kind of fit. It went where everything just lined up. Doesn't it feel like that? It felt that way very much. Like, it's like you found your people and then you found this amazing ability that you can do. And then it connected with all these people and you became famous. <laughs> became very, very famous. <laughs> Hugely famous, mostly. Um, no, I do feel so lucky, though, that it all, like, it did feel like I was on the right path. And it was like, all of this feels good. And it's like, what I try to bring to my business in general is like, I want relationships to feel good. I want the process to feel good for people. I want, like just to help people bring out more of who they are or like whatever they're trying to get across for their business for it to just feel like positive and exciting and just like representative of them and it's it's been fun that it that I keep getting jobs I'm very thankful well let's just say that somebody might listen to this podcast and if they are inspired by what we're saying and maybe would like to connect with you and hire you, how would they do that? Um, they could go to my website, which is okayadesign.com, O-K-A-Y, um, or on Instagram, it's okayadesign. It used to be the Sober Illustrator, and I probably made a huge mistake changing the handle because I started getting way less followers, but this is what has happened, and that's fine. But I was just doing less illustrations of sober people, so it felt like I needed to shift it. So, um, But yeah. They could reach out to me via DM or they could go to my website. Either Is way. it the website and Instagram then for your social media? Um, sorry, what was that? Is it mainly your website and Instagram? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Jenna? I have a spin I have a spin-off question. <laughs> um this is really funny, but well, it's funny to me. But um, do you have a strong feeling um, when you consider responding to someone with OK versus OKAY? <laughs> well, it's funny because I always responded just OK before. But then when I came up with this brand, I, I liked the name of it. And I was like, oh, I need it to be four letters. Like design wise, I just felt like it was going to look better. So... Um, now I always write OKAY now pretty much when I say okay. I don't know. That's my feeling. Well, I am very biased and I mean, I write, but I'm also like very, a very emotional person, very sensitive. I read into things too much as I'm told, but I think OKAY, I have always felt that it is so much more friendlier than okay. So I try to... What? I agree with you. It's friendlier, it's softer, and it feels more, like, correct. <laughs> do you agree, Leslie? Sorry, I do. My phone was on mute. Yes. <laughs> After to- your feelings on okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally agree. Completely. And at first, when you said okay, A-Y, I was like, okay, and then A-Y, and I was like, does that spell, like, like, I was trying to... I don't know what I was thinking. Of course, just spelling okay. But in my mind, I was like, A-Y. Well, should it, should it be Y-A? Like, yeah. I don't know. My brain did this weird fart thing happen. 
And then I realized, oh my God, you're just spelling okay. Yeah. Well, um, you said that I, I just realized spell. it could have been O-K-Y-A and that would have been wild and wrong, but it could have been like, okay, yeah, in the worst way possible. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so you said it's on the four letter. I'm a kind of a weird numbers person too. So my favorite number is eight. And you take that in half, it's four. So I'm like, that's, that's cool. <laughs> like I do weird thing with in my, in, internally. I do like, oh yeah, that sounds like a really great number, you know? And I like three because three is like eight cut in half, like, you know, down the middle. Wow. Um, yeah. I do stupid things. Exploded like, my brain a little bit. I'm glad I passed yeah. both of your tests, though. Like as rag as a <laughs> number fans. Oh my god! Yeah, it's kind of weird, but um, but the bad thing is, I'm terrible with numbers. I just like numbers, like a symbolic numbers, I guess. I also like numbers. I will say, I've never thought of a number being like cut in half lengthwise. So now I'm gonna look at everything with new eyes. <laughs> oh wait, okay. Um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Sounds like you got it all right. You got to figure it out. Dude, I feel like I just passed so many tests, you guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no test. We're all friends. <laughs> now, we always give questions, the same questions to each of our people we have on our show. Jenna, are you prepared to ask those? I am prepared. <laughs> okay. So the first one is... What is your favorite part about being sober? Um, just finally feeling like I am myself and finding the people that go nicely with me. I love it. <laughs> so simple and so true. Okay, next one is, what is something special that has helped you during your sober journey or maybe like initially? Um, it could be some sort of secret tool or something someone might not know about. Is there anything that helped you? I feel like I could come up with something like eloquent if I had time, but right now I'm just like, it's sugar. It was definitely <laughs> sugar. <laughs> um, what else besides sugar? I mean, I like it. No one else has said sugar. <laughs> It's just so true. Like, I love fun drinks and I love snacks and treats and all of those things make me really happy. <laughs> I mean, I love that. And I love, um, what was the, on your, the thing that you sent me, you said that you coined the term. Yeah. Transitional PJs. Those are also very important to me. <laughs> yeah. I love how, how into like wearing pajamas you are. I think that's, that's wonderful. So deeply into I'm wearing them right now and I like before I got on I was like I'm so happy right now I'm just wearing full sweats and like cozy socks with smiley faces on them I'm, like so delighted by this oh my gosh yes like things with smiley faces on on them are so much better <laughs> they're like neutral tones I feel like it's very approachable smiley faces yeah but let me ask you this though have you gotten into the robe world do you have a robe oh my gosh I I'm not in the robe world, but I'm willing to, like, stick a toe into the robe. Please do. <laughs> Please do. I love my robes. They're the best. Leslie, do you have a robe? Honestly, I don't even have pajamas. I just sleep <laughs> usually in, like, a t-shirt. Yeah, I, um, like, my kids didn't really have pajamas. I mean, 
they always got new ones for Christmas, but it just seemed like more laundry. Hmm. Yeah. I know it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> pajamas are Christmas pajamas. I will say, like we just we do the same like family matching PJs every Christmas, so it's like yeah. we just wear them until they no longer fit the kids, and then I just wear mine forever. But sweatpants are just like the best invention. Do you have sweatpants? I do. Like, yeah, definitely. I think I'm going to go to Target and buy some now. Your profile, I feel like I noticed when you changed it, or maybe you always had it this way to, um, for the, for people that like to cry or for people that cry a lot. Yeah. I don't even know why I just like to cry a lot. And so I just like put that on there and people seem to like it. Well, I really liked it because I can cry every day. So I just want to let you know that I, I really admire your, oh, you know, your honesty with that. Just it's comforting to know that other people are crying too, right? Crying all, I, I am not well if I don't cry. Like now I just accept it as part of like the routine of life. Like if I don't cry for a while, I'm like, oh gosh, I got to watch something. It's like old yeller time or something. I got to get it going. <laughs> Okay, so we have one more question, and it is, um, why do you think a sober life is a better life? Um, I guess just kind of in line with the things we've talked about, I feel like a sober life just lends itself to being a more authentic life because it's harder to hide from yourself and everything else um, when you're sober and... Yeah, and just like a more beautiful life. I, don't, I just appreciate the mornings in such a different way and just nature in a different way. Like, I just feel like that clarity is um, kind of unbeatable. Um, like Jenna and I talked about opening up, a, a you know, like a, a sober bar. And, you know, I remember talking to a couple of my friends and saying, hey, we're thinking about doing this. And they would always say, well, who would go? Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. I love sober bars. I was like, well, clearly you wouldn't be coming. I go, I don't know people who just want to, like, actually have, like, fun. Like, I don't yeah. know. It seemed crazy. Um, it is funny to me when I offer to meet people who do drink, like, a like a non-alcoholic cocktail t- thing. And they're like, oh, but why would I have that? And I'm like, oh. yeah. Because it's so yummy and fun, and it's just fun. Like, I'll put a little fun orange slice in there, you know? And they're like, mm, no, that's not tracking. Like, oh, okay. Well, clearly we have different motivations for our drinks here. Yeah. To be delighted. I've done that for my daughter's friends when they've come over. Made them, like, little, I, I guess they call them mocktails if there's no alcohol in them. And I even bought, like, off of Amazon, like, the the edible glitter that you can put in the drink. That's fine. Or you you make them like really tart, or like you, you do like a sugar on the top of the the rim, and oh, you know, just making it really fun. And they were like, "Oh my god!" I even bought like the ice cube makers that make the really small round ice cubes I to make it a cocktail. Cute. Yes, and they're like, "That is so cool!" Like you know, but you know how long it took me to make that drink? <laughs> I'm exhausted. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just think it's more fun. I don't know. Yeah, I, one of the brands that I did design for is called Obstinate Taste, and they do like a monthly subscription box that I now get, which is very fun. And it's like five like non-alcoholic drinks every month. It's so fun. And you could put them in fun glasses or do whatever you want with them. I love it. I like that idea. That's cool. 
Interesting. I can't believe this. Wait, Leslie, you have one of those ice makers because that's like a goal of mine. You own that? Okay, no. It is a ice tray. Yeah, I have that yeah. too. The tray. Yeah, and then I dump them into... it. Like, it came in the box. The juice come that way. Like, And so I put all the ice cubes in that box and then I just make more until the box is full. It's like a big Tupperware container basically in the freezer. And so I wait until like they're full and then I basically then I can get like nine drinks out of it because there's small like um but it's, it makes it fun like that's the whole point of just like like with um thanksgiving coming i'm gonna probably make a bunch of that and have it in the freezer so that when we have people over i can make really fun like non-alcoholic drinks for everybody and just make it super fun Aww. yeah the festive i make this thing every year it's so stupid it's just it's like sherbet and Sprite, but we call it holiday cheer. It's so dumb. But every year now the kids are like, what? No holiday cheer? <laughs> you know? <laughs> they, <love us. laughs> like it's sherbet and Sprite. Okay. Yes. I'm going to make holiday cheer. It's the stickiest mess everywhere. You know, it gets all over. But, you know, traditions. Um, I put just like all of our snacks on a tray the other day and made like a little like charcuterie board for, just for like dinner and my daughter was like the most delighted I've ever seen her she was like I still eat every meal like this I was like seriously what are we doing wrong like this is how we should just do life it's so fun <laughs> that is so fun I love that idea you sound like a really fun mom thank you thank you for having me on it was fun talking to you guys I forgot that it was being recorded and like going to go somewhere <laughs> at some point <laughs> I was like anyways let's talk snacks <laughs> thank you so much I think that you're so amazing and even just a wonderful person. And I, I also want to say that I think that I think that you would be like viral and famous, but I think that you're so kind and you're so down to earth and genuine and care about mental health and you're just real. And so you haven't pushed it and you haven't like, you know, that hasn't been your goal. Your goal is more to like help people and do all the things that you said. And I think that so in my eyes, you are famous, but I think that you just like have all of the right things going and yeah, I think you're amazing. So thank you so much for coming on. So sweet of you. Thank you so much. And it was so fun talking to you guys. Thank you for joining us on Soberly Ever After. We hope the podcast gives you support and a place of no judgment to listen to our stories and to share yours with us. Until next time, a sober life is a better life.